Welcome to the Magnolia Media Pod, part of the Magnolia Media Network. My name is Jonathan M. Ruggiero. Well, to start off today, we have to address the three service members dead in Jordan on a U.S. military base, apparently hit by an Iranian militia drone, dozens more injured, where our prayers and thoughts are with them. Also, a report by the New Yorker uh, and the CPJ, the Committee to Protect Journalists, 83 journalists have been killed in Gaza since the beginning of the October 7th war. And on the legal front, Peter Navarro, former Trump aide, was sentenced to four months in federal prison. However, the judge has allowed him to stay out of jail awaiting appeal. This is absolutely appalling and very much the way Steve Bannon, former Trump aide, was treated over two years ago. We're still awaiting the continuation of his appeal. Now this, a little update from CBS News. John Kirby, the assistant to the Secretary of Defense for Public Affairs, stated that there were in fact three dead service members in Jordan and they were there as a part of a task force to fight ISIS. Now I thought ISIS had been defeated. At least that's what Donald Trump told us. We should have known better than that. Uh, the drone attack was rather sophisticated as well, from what we understand, and the Biden administration has promised a proportional response. But today's episode is about Logan, our engineer and producer, joining us full-time on the air. Logan, say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. We want to thank Logan for joining us. He will be a fixture here with us on the Magnolia Media Pod. So we are very happy to have him after trying him out on air in the last episode. He did a great job, and we figured, why not having on air with me all the time? Well, thank you. Yeah, we're glad to have you, man. Thank you. It really is a big deal. I mean, this whole thing came together. It was really our idea. It wasn't yeah. my idea. Um, you know, I was able and in a, in a fortunate enough position to put all this together and you've been there the whole time you've been the one uh doing the tedious sort of painful work so you get to join in on some of the fun yeah i'm kind of really big into detail so uh it's it's like a playground for me i love it well i'm glad you've enjoyed it i mean this entire thing has been a learning experience for both of us um there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, one other little bit of news I want to throw in before we go any further. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Logan. But CNN and others report, I'm sure this is, uh, you've heard this at some point or another. But Donald Trump has torpedoed a bipartisan effort to secure the southern border and to get aid to Ukraine and Israel. He reportedly told the Republican Party, that he didn't want this fixed at all. He wanted to be able to blame it on Joe Biden on the campaign trail, which means there will likely be no funding for the border, Israel, or Ukraine for an entire year, which I find absolutely repulsive. And so do Republican senators who were the ones who really broke the story because this happened at a Republican Party luncheon. So we otherwise wouldn't have heard about it like Mitt Romney and James Langford of Oklahoma. Um, 
Thoughts on this, Logan? You know, John, I just... I can't believe it either. I don't really know what else to say. I think that everything that Trump has done in the past and now is just disgusting. He's taking a whole country, trying to make it hate one another, Mm -hmm. trying to start violence in between civilians over political views. Mm -hmm. He wants to say he's a Republican when he wasn't Republican. He's just trying to get more money into his pocket, more control, and he's trying to make bills passed for him and the one percent yeah he's a grifter i mean we know he's a swamp creature and a a, a sweaty a spray painted you know rust-oleum colored son of a um and that's we really shouldn't be surprised by any of this that he would try to um hold off until uh he was uh you know in a head-up matchup with president biden which it does appear that's the way this election's headed um you know, I, I think President Biden has done an incredible job. He's certainly been the best president of my lifetime, dating all the way back to uh, Ronald Reagan starting his second term in 1984 when I was born. But, you know, we're not going to waste a whole podcast talking about that uh, that piece of uh, that the, the, the absolute tragedy that is his insertion into political system in which he has no say except to scare a bunch of cowardly Republican traitors who are walking that fascist line and know that fascism's coming because they have no way to do anything. They have no way of moving forward in a country this diverse and this, you know, uh, pro-democratic party versus pro-Republican party, especially in the, you know, major metropolitan areas. And they're getting scared. Yeah, I mean, the fascists are getting scared. They are. They're getting scared. But we should also be scared. We should be. Yeah. We should be scared and motivated to get out and vote. That's the end of the story. Now, moving on to the headline of today's show, my interview with my best friend, adopted little brother, uh, someone who can give us insights into the Magnolia community, which is where we got the name of this podcast. Logan Ramsey. Logan, say hello to everybody. Well, thank you for having me. Hello. Well, we're certainly glad to have you here, Logan. I appreciate it a lot that you're joining us today so we can have a good conversation about about you. Uh, this episode is as much about you as it is about anything. Uh, we want to learn a little bit about our, uh, our new co-host here. So, Logan, to, just to jump things off a little bit, um, tell us a little bit about your life story. How is it that you came to live uh, in the Magnolia community to begin with? Um, We were uh, moving from North Knoxville to South Knoxville, just going one place to another. And then we were staying with my grandparents. And then eventually we decided to get a house in Magnolia. Okay. Or off Magnolia. And at first I loved it. I was honestly, as soon as we walked up to the house, it was covered in leaves and it just was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the new place I live. Right. And about yeah, how old cool. were you when that happened? Um, 12-ish? I was probably around 14. Yeah. So just about to start high school. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you, you did go to high school over on the east side, over in the Magnolia community. Um, what's the name of that high school? Austin East Magnet High School. So it's a Magnet Academy. Yeah. Okay. Dude. Uh, ballet, South African drum, um, everything from studio to advanced art. It was awesome. So we've talked about it here on the podcast before that 
the the magnolia community is a majority african-american community and while you are white which makes you a majority of the population of the united states you were a minority in the community where you lived i mean everywhere you went for the most part you were a minority what was that like in school well the um the community in itself is um very diverse that there's a lot of people from a lot of countries that live there and also there's mainly african-american hispanic indian everyone lives there there's a lot of white people that live there too but the high schools are majority a lot of um white families want their kids to go to white schools right and still segregated unfortunately. the people that can't really select where they go to school end up at Austinese. right in my class there was maybe uh 12 white kids in the whole school there was maybe like 30 i was a minority yeah it was it was really weird so you got the experience you got to experience life as a minority even though you're white uh because of where you grew up because of where you live um and because of where you went to school yeah, like at uh, Powell High School, that's where I originally started, and Powell is in North Knoxville, mm-hmm. and so it's majority white, it's near halls, it's very country, everyone over there listens to country music and rap music, <laughs> but it was very racist there, because there was only a handful of African American students, and right. a lot of those students would always be bullied, Right. And me as a kid, uh, I, I didn't think that was cool. Right. I was bullied a lot in middle school and high school. and So you were bullied in high school at Austin East? Yeah. Because you were, I mean, like I said, you were a minority there. And I think you you had mentioned to me before that it was kind of your, um, your, your love of the arts um, that kind of made you accepted you know, got you accepted in the majority black community in which you live. Yeah, whenever I was in Austin East at first, um, I was bullied. Like, I was the actual only white kid in my whole neighborhood within like a six, seven block perimeter. I was the only white kid. So a lot of times whenever I'd be walking home, I would get jumped. Or there was one time where I got jumped by six, seven, eight people. And I had to grab a brick just to stop it. And it was literally 20 feet from my house. You're lucky you were so close to home and that you had access to that brick, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, we we um, we talked a little bit about this, you know, right before we started rolling today. And, of course, you and I have talked about this over the years uh, because we've known each other for some time now. Um, one Another question sort of about your home life. Did you uh, – did your father live in the house? No, but um... – he left whenever I was two, and to get back to a question, whenever you asked me earlier, the arts got me yeah yeah liked by the school, right. well by the people that were Embraced. in the school, the students, right. Even a lot of the teachers like started opening up to me more because right. I was like I'm artistic. I was really into music at the time, and they were like, "Hey, that's Logan. He's the white kid that can sing," <laughs> and because someone caught me singing in the auditorium one time during second lunch. And they found me singing, so everybody ended up knowing that I could sing. So they were like, hey, we like you. You're cool. You're into rap. You're into music. Now you're with us. Right. And so that was your moment of, of being accepted by the, the, the high school community in which you uh, uh, attended high school, where you went. I mean, it, it, it was the thing that opened, uh, opened people up to accepting you despite the fact you were, well, let's just face it, a little white boy. 
You know what I mean? No, I mean, everybody literally every single day people would call me the white boy. The white boy. I mean, and he's white people boy, would pick on me just because <laughs> I was white. Sure, they would be. They'd call me like Steve Urkel or Jim Carrey <laughs> or um, my nickname was Shaggy, Shaggy. for crying out loud. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And. I'd be picked on a lot, but I had a lot of friends there. I made a lot of really good memories. I was actually the first student to uh, actually win an art competition, state and county. Oh, cool. And so I got praise in the high school. Well, before we move too far beyond that, quickly, uh, give people uh, your uh, Instagram handle, the, the one for Magnolia Media. But you have, uh, you can find Logan, by the way, on Instagram at magnolia logan 2024 you can find me on instagram threads or facebook at magnolia john 2024 but you have another uh instagram page tell us a little bit about that yeah i have an art page um it's t l arts a r t s and um i haven't really been posting on there because i'm trying to get editing down for the podcast and i'm really focused on this because it's my baby but I do do paintings, and hopefully I'll be trying to post more here often. But my podcast uh, handle is for Instagram and for Twitter. It is um, Magnolia Logan at twenty twenty four. I mentioned that, yeah. And um, yeah, you can find me there. Okay, cool. Uh, well, as we as we move on here, I, I you know knowing you personally, I was able to put together a pretty decent list. Of, uh, of things to ask you about. You said you didn't grow up with your dad. Uh, you had mentioned in the past that you did grow up uh, with your grandparents and that they played a big role in your life. Yeah, my mom was a single parent. My grandparents helped raise me and my sister, and they've kind of been like the dad. Yeah. They helped now, is your sister older or younger? Didn't. My sister's older, but they helped pay for things that my mom couldn't right. afford at the time because, I mean, she was a single mother and she struggled. Right. That's why we actually lived in the Magnolia community. Right. It's it's not a community you live in if you're flourishing. I mean, uh, from my personal experience there, you see a lot of dilapidated buildings. Yeah. Uh, you see a lot of um, empty houses. You see a lot of places that are really falling in on themselves. As a matter of fact, if you go to my Instagram page, as I mentioned a moment ago, at uh, Magnolia John 2024, you'll actually see one of the historic churches there um, that we we videotaped, at least from the outside. You can't go inside yet because they're still working on the third floor. As soon as they can, I promise I'll post a, a video on my Instagram so you can check it out. I know um, the owner, actually. Well, you will have to get uh, in touch with the owner at some point and see if we can't get a tour of the inside of that majestic building. And another thing I'll say about the Magnolia community from my perspective, yeah, um, we have several AME churches there. Uh, for those who um, aren't familiar with that, that's African-American churches. Oh, like uh, Honey Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's at least two or three that I can think of right offhand. The parking lot of those churches are full on Sunday mornings. Yeah, uh, I can't tell you how many Sunday mornings I've made my way, you know, down Magnolia Avenue, and uh, haven't, uh, haven't seen another car on the road at uh, 10 30, 11 o'clock in the morning on my way to visit with Logan. Um. So as you. As you approach the end of high school, um, 
you did you have plans to go to college or did what were your plans and what happened um i wanted to do graphic arts and designs and i wanted to do audio studio production right and i was really into music and basically i just wanted to help design and create music right so you were you were intending um to go to university i assume yeah, I had about three lined up. I okay. was trying to pick the best one. Well, what was what what derailed that? What stopped you? Um, because you well, didn't. I started at um, a few years after I was diagnosed with um, my autoimmune disease. Well, tell I us was, a little bit about that autoimmune disease. When did that happen? Was that something that derailed college for you? It de- derailed it from happening when I wanted it to. Right. So whenever I graduated, I had a tragic loss in the family, and it it that knocked me off the rails. And then I went and started landscaping. I got sick while landscaping, and then later on, I was diagnosed with adult onset Steele's disease. I had to basically fight for my life for about a month in the hospital, and then I had to recover for two years. Wow. Two years of recovery. Yeah. At first I couldn't walk and then I was in a wheelchair. I slowly developed uh, through physical therapy the ability to walk again. Well, tell us briefly. Tell us briefly, if you would. What is Steele's disease? What is it? It's non-genetic. It's non-hereditary. They don't know what it is. It was uh, first discovered in the 1800s by Dr. Steele's. And... um, it's a very rare autoimmune disease that affects the um, nervous system mm. and the muscle system. So instead of like regular arthritis where it affects like your joints, joints. and your bones, right. it affects your uh, muscles, your nerve endings, and your lymph nodes. So Damn. all the muscles in your body are constantly being attacked and you're constantly having flare-ups. And it is, it's painful. It sounds absolutely horrific. So... You 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 discovered at 18 years old that you had, when you should have been in college, you'd had a tragic loss in the family, um, which sort of derailed your plans to go to college and sort of sent you into a bit of a depression. Uh, you started working. No sooner than you started working, you became ill, and it was discovered that you had this autoimmune disorder, which I have to mention. Um, even being a very young man, we this is being recorded in, uh, uh, on January 29th, 2024. We just went through a pandemic that was killing people with yeah. autoimmune disorders. So uh, were you frightened, like going out in public? Did you mask up? Did you get your vaccinations? Did you do the things you were that were recommended by the CDC? I did get my uh, vaccinations um, and I got the boosters, but while I was um, dealing with my personal issue with health, I started working and then the pandemic hit. Mm. And every time I would try to work throughout the years, I would always have a a really bad flare up and Mm. I'd immediately quit my job or they would fire me because I just couldn't work. And recovering for the past two years, uh, uh, with Steele's disease, I was always isolated in my house. So whenever I was quarantined or when quarantine was in effect, I was honestly used to it. I was like, well, I'm just staying home. Right. It didn't really affect me that well or that bad. Right. Man, that is, that is a tough roll of the dice. Um, 
So you talked to me a little bit about high school. You've told me a little bit about what derailed your plans for college and things of that nature right after it. And in the last uh, year or two, it seems like you've you've gotten on your feet. You found some balance in life. Um, yeah. You you I think you really enjoy doing what we're doing now, even though we're in the very early days of of podcasting, learning the business, learning how to use the software, how to edit, and do all that. Um, but you had told me a little bit about a program called um, Stewards of the Earth uh, program. It was something related to your high school experience. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, so I got in trouble for something I didn't do. Okay. It's a long story involving uh, some kid that basically planted drugs in my bag so he wouldn't get in drugs, trouble. Drugs, drugs? I mean, we talk about like cocaine? No, like or? just marijuana. Oh, just marijuana. Okay. And... He planted it in my bag, and then I ended up getting caught with it. I didn't even know it was in my bag. Right. They tried to throw this whole thing right. that I was a weed dealer. Right. And so I found out about this lady named Miss Felicia. Okay. And I started doing this project called Stewards of the Earth with her. And then and it was she... The, was Stewards of the Earth something that they offered you to defer some of the criminal charges you could yeah. have caught um, for that the marijuana. lawyer actually whenever my mom and me went to the court whenever i was first like charged with all this right they brought up this lady named miss felicia and they wanted me to go through her program to see how it would affect me yeah because they thought i was a kid on the rough path right alive. that you were headed down the wrong road and, yeah yeah and I mean, I wasn't that kid, but I was like, if I have to do this just to prove that I'm right. this kind of person, I'm do it I'll, I'll do it. Right. And so I started talking to Miss Felicia. We got into this program where it was Stewards of the Earth. And we basically taught other kids how to um, mow lawns that were from the same neighborhood right. that were in this right. program. Right. I ended up being a youth mentor and helping with the program. That's awesome. And Miss Felicia went to the court system and was like, he did this, 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 and... Eventually, everything was expunged. She saved your rear end. Yeah, she saved my life, and I love that woman to death. Right. Um, we I have, too. I have known her for years and years, and she's honestly like family to me. Right. Her youngest son, Maji, yeah. is my little brother. I love him. Right. I got you. Um, so we talked about what it was like for you to be um, a, a majority minority because Logan is white. Um, however, the community around him is a majority black community, and it's an ethnic community. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, yeah, admittedly, um, there, there, there's you know people of every racial and ethnic background in his community, but it's known as it's known widely as uh, as an African American community, yeah. and it is statistically about eighty five percent African American. Yeah. And, um, and so that, that had to, that had to have been, um, a, a huge change. You said you grew up without a dad in the house. So that's a similar experience to a lot of, uh, well, not, not children based on race, but just children based on, the community uh, income, wise. income and, you know, income is what it comes back to, uh-huh, I think yeah. more than anything. And whether your zip code determines so much, uh, of your future success in life mm-hmm. and, you know, this podcast is as much an opportunity to break that uh, cycle um, as it is to 
just inform the public and to give something back to the community that started. It sounds to me like you're giving back to the community for you started with Stewards of the Earth. Yeah, we started there, and then also we did Canvas Can Do Miracles, okay, which cool. we took kids in the neighborhood, and I was their art teacher. Oh, okay. I would teach them how to do abstract art, and also we would make foods. And it just got them out of the rough neighborhoods, out of all that negative energy and that negative environment, and place them in something that they can express how they feel. From the hostile to the peaceful. Yeah. Right. And um, the lady that actually does that is Jackie Holloway. And she's going to be another person that we interview. And I can't wait to have you on the show, Jackie. Well, we certainly look forward to it. We look forward to talking to a lot of the pillars of the Magnolia community. Um, One last thing before we get off this interview with you. We've talked a little bit about your Steele's disease. So, you know, you do deal with it with a chronic disease and an autoimmune disorder uh, with the Steele's disease. We talked about growing up, you know, with a single mom. We talked about your high school experience. Um, now, I, let's talk a little bit about how you and I met. Yeah. So my mom was trying to find a new job, and then she saw a listing for a on an ad. Uh, Someone yeah, needed job help. Board. I yeah. posted it on job board. You posted it where? On a job board online. Oh, yeah. 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 And... So mom got the job and it was as a caretaker for your grandmother. Yep. She had been diagnosed with my my grandmother who, who raised me on the farm uh, in a much different environment than the one Logan grew up in, um, had been diagnosed earlier that same year with vascular dementia. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough to be able to hire outside help to come in. I interviewed a bunch of people and there was just a a warmth, a sincerity uh, that I knew my grandmother would, would sense. And, and at that point, my grandmother wasn't out of it. She could she could talk with you. She could, you know, uh, take care of herself a little bit. But uh, your mom, Becky, Becky, we love you, by the way. When you listen to this episode, we'll throw out a little shout out there. Yeah. Um, I actually want to talk about that here in a little while. Sure. We could talk about that just as soon as. So, so we met when... Your mom came to work for me, helping mm-hmm. take care of my grandmother. And then I started working for you. You started doing work around my house because at that time we were listing some of the property for sale mm-hmm. and you helped, you know, do everything from clear brush to paint the inside of the house and, and uh, do some gardening and this and that. Um, and, uh, you know, your, your mom sort of became, you know, at least to us, sort of part of the family. So you were telling me there was something you wanted to mention uh, there a moment ago. Go ahead. Yeah, when when I was stuck in the house for two years, even whenever I was being diagnosed, all my friends left me. I didn't have nobody. All I had was my mom, my relatives, my dog. Mm-hmm. And she was there with me 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not be the person that I am today without her. She has been one of the best moms I could ever hope for. Well. She's certainly a good one. She certainly, I, you know, I obviously, I, I know her quite well, um, almost as well as I know you, and and I have the same uh, feelings of affection uh, for Becky. Um, I really, I can't thank her enough for being there and being willing to do that work. And I'm glad that 
it's sort of translated into a career in caregiving for your mom now because she's still doing that today, right? I yeah, mean, she's still a caregiver. She has helped everyone from children in state custody to um, elderly to people that are on their way to death. Right. Moms had to lose three. Right. I mean, that's tough. Um, it's also a bit of a commentary on the way we treat caregivers in this country. You know, it's I mean, sad. it is. I mean, the, the, the number of hours you put in, the grind you put in, you know, the emotional connection. And if it's within the family, if it's, say, usually it's a female giving up work to stay at home with a sick relative, a sick parent, usually, um, you know, in the state of Tennessee, they're not eligible for health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. We don't have no. Medicaid expansion here. So mm-hmm. for me, when I was, you know, managing my uh, grandmother's care, those things were basically off limits to me. And, you know, it's very difficult because it's very expensive per hour, but what's actually going to the caregiver is, I mean, it's not even 50% of what the agency is being paid. And your mom works for an agency now, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's a little, it's a little over what, less than half? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, less than half of what the agency is actually making. So it's a middleman there. Well, um, Logan, I appreciate you so much being willing to come on and to be my guinea pig to poke and prod with questions <laughs> yeah. and learn a little bit about you. I think we have, um, we certainly have similar politics. We certainly have similar views on the world around us, um, uh, similar views on what's happened to the Republican Party. Uh, and this fascist moron, Mango Mussolini, a.k.a. Dementia J. Trump. Um, it's just sad. It really is sad. But, um, you know, this was, uh, this was a great experience. Logan, I really, I really want to thank you uh, again for coming on and being willing to do this. And um, I look forward to working with you on the air from here on out. So, um, you know, any last thoughts? Yeah, I think that's all about it. That's about it. Well, with that, folks, uh, we thank you for listening to the Magnolia Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan M. Ruggiero. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. We want to thank Logan Ramsey for editing and producing today's episode. We also want to give a... Yeah, absolutely. We also want to give a special shout out to Courtney Halstead for her technical support. This has been the Magnolia Media Podcast, part of the Magnolia Media Network. Check us out online. By the way, we have a Patreon set up now at patreon.com forward slash Magnolia Media Network. Just look for the Magnolia Avenue street sign and you know you're on the right page. We appreciate you. If you want us to keep producing these videos for you, then please consider giving to our Patreon. Until next time, be well.